0: I'm so excited to be here with you today and I've been doing a lot of these sort of monologue type podcasts. I know we usually have a reader story or a naked life story and I have plenty of those stacked up for you, but there's a few things that I've been discovering recently as I've really been putting a lot of research into the live event that I'm I'm doing actually just it's starting within a few days and new stuff that I've been researching for upcoming materials and books and stuff. And one of the questions that I've been asking myself and that I have to ask myself and that I'd probably be irresponsible if I wasn't asking myself is why is it instantaneous, light bulb, spontaneous sobriety, so easy, so effortless for some people upon reading This naked Mind and or going through the alcohol experiment. And then for other people, it takes a little bit more effort. And then for other people, they just continue to be stuck on you know, stringing just a few days together here or there, and they write me emails and they say, Annie, Annie, I know it all, I know everything. I want to change, I desire to change, I'm committed to change, but I keep drinking. Why is that? And it's interesting because I wouldn't say it's a huge majority of people, I think that, but there are those people, and I can't help but put my attention there. You know, I love hearing the success stories. I'd say in my inbox I get probably between 60 and 70 emails a day, you know, definitely thousands and thousands of emails a month. And a huge, huge majority of them are just thank you and success stories. And they're so awesome. But I have to be really honest with you that as awesome as that is, it's not, it's not what pulls my heartstrings. What pulls my heartstrings is the people who know everything, they get everything, they love everything, but they just can't figure it out. And so I've been putting a lot of time into this question. Why? why is it that some people, it's on a dime, spontaneous sobriety, no problem, and then other people really, really struggle to get through a few days, a few weeks. And so the first place I, I started looking was, all right, well, is it physical? because certainly there are instances when it is physical. And according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, only 10% of excessive drinkers, that's more than eight drinks per week for women and 15 drinks per week for for men, only 10% of them are actually physically or chemically addicted to alcohol. So certainly there's a percentage that it is physical and that unless you are literally separated from alcohol where you have no ability to go and access it, you can't drive yourself to the liquor store, you cannot access it. It is going to be really hard to get through those first few days. And by the way, if you are in a point of physical addiction, you need to do it under medical supervision because alcohol at that point in that 10% is extremely dangerous to detox from. And so that's certainly the first thing you know, you want to look at when somebody just can't get started. And often that is when somebody can't get one day. If you can't get one day, that can be a really good sign of, huh, maybe something else is going on. Maybe something physical is going on and maybe I should talk to my doctor and you know, a really good first step because you might need additional help. There are interesting medications that are out there. There are interesting things um, that you can try, but Really my work is focused on the 90% where it is mostly emotional mostly psychological And the addiction is beyond the physical and it's really interesting because the physical aspect of alcohol within seven to ten days Your body will have kind of really started to rebalance and heal and the detox process will be over Yeah People report cravings for months and months or years and years in some instances Especially when they haven't done the work to really rewire their subconscious around alcohol and so so much of it is mental and so much of it is emotional, but we can't deny the physical aspect. But that doesn't explain everybody because then I get these emails from people that have gone 30 days, they've gone 60 days, they've even gone a year. Sometimes they've gone three years or five years and then boom, they're back in it and they feel stuck again. And they remember those years and they tell me how blissful they were and how they just can't seem to get there again. And so i've been really thinking about this and here's what i've come up with and i think this is such a powerful way to look at things because when we can know where we are when we can have awareness of where we are on the path we can really start to look at okay then what do i need to do how do i need to get from where i am to where i'm going next everything starts with awareness everything's starts with understanding and accepting and making peace with where we are so we can do the right things to get to where we're going. And so here's what I came up with. I believe there's three core reasons that people drink alcohol and they are society, substance, and self. And now the first one I want to talk about, I really want to talk about this as if it's, Imagine a peach, we just read James and the Giant Peach, my my boys and I, and it was really fun. I hadn't read that since I was little. But one of the things that they do in this story is the peach grows to humongous proportions, and then this little boy, he goes actually um, into a tunnel in the peach and ends up in the peach pit, living in the peach pit with these gigantic insects, and they fly all the way across the ocean, land on the Empire State Building. It's a really fun story. Anyway, imagine it's a peach, right? And the skin of the peach is the substance. So these are the reasons for drinking that we give ourselves every single day. These are the reasons that it tastes good, that it's gonna relax me at the end of our hard day, that it's going to um, make you know me have more fun, that it's gonna help me let down my inhibitions. These are the substance-related reasons. We are saying, there is something in this substance that I believe that it does for me, therefore I am going to drink this substance. Now here's the thing, if you are only drinking purely for substance-related reasons and no other reasons, when you read something like This Naked Mind, I knock every one of those reasons over. You know, it, I, I, sh- I methodically show to you how it doesn't necessarily taste good. And in fact, pure ethanol tastes horrible. I show it to you how alcohol completely increases your levels of stress physiologically, chemically, emotionally. And it does not actually relieve your stress. I show you how alcohol actually steals your joy and leads to depression and loneliness and not to connection and liveliness and happiness, etc. So all of these things get knocked over in this naked mind. And this is why I get reviews for the book that are like so awesome to me. This is why I get reviews where I got this one It was great. I still talk about it, but I read this book for my brother. Thanks a lot. I don't think I will ever drink a beer again. You've ruined my relationship with alcohol. Ha ha five stars. Those sorts of reviews come from somebody who's been drinking purely from substance. So when they're, when their eyes are open to the truth about alcohol, it's a no brainer. It's a, oh, well of course I'm not going to put that in my body anymore. Hello. I would have to be an idiot. No brainer. Easy peasy, done, spontaneous sobriety. And so many of the emails that come in are like that, like, oh my gosh, I just can't believe somebody didn't tell me this before. And there's no other underlying reasons why they're drinking. They were just drinking because they were told by society, by even their own experiences, because alcohol does falsely numb us, it does falsely make us feel like we're having more fun for a very short period of time, so their own experiences confirm this. And then all of a sudden, they're drinking more than they wanted to be, and as soon as they know the truth about the substance, It's over, it's like a light switch. Magic trick, no more drinking. Now there's a second layer, imagine this is the peach skin, right? You're going into the heart of it and you're going into the peach skin and this is society. And the beliefs about society are a little bit stickier. So I'm gonna talk about my cousin and I'm not gonna name her name because she works for um, a very famous company, a very famous CEO. She reports directly to the CEO. But in her experience, um, she read my book, easy peasy stop drinking like a light bulb okay she read it over a break from she was on vacation and she wrote me and she's like this is amazing you know i definitely feel like i've been having more wine than i wanted and this is incredible and my life has changed and thank you so much and then she went back to work and the ceo of this company in addition to this one you know very well known business that she runs she also owns a winery and so my cousin starts to tell me that it is almost insulting for her you know she's a direct report to the ceo insulting for her not to be drinking alcohol to the ceo she takes it as a personal insult and it was starting to damage her career and so she now is drinking at work events but not at home and unfortunately i mean we all know where that leads alcohol is addictive it it, deceives us it you know creates a need for itself it creates a tolerance for itself and over time I was just drinking at work events not at home over time I was drinking at home and work and you know pretty much all the time in between and so we know that this is true and that's the thing though but these beliefs about society are more ingrained. They're deeper. They're harder to knock loose. Now, these are the beliefs like, Oh, it just wouldn't be a celebration without a champagne toast. You know, it wouldn't be a wedding if we didn't have this toast at the end of it, or I'm not going to fit in with these people if I don't drink, or I'm going to be alone. And the reason that these beliefs can be so deeply ingrained is because we were built for tribal connection. That is how we have been evolutionarily designed in order to survive. That is just part of who we are. And so when something seems like a threat to our connection to our tribe, which unfortunately drinking has become very ingrained in the social tribe of Western and even Eastern society these days, when something is seen as a threat to that, really is a fear for us at a very deep base evolutionary level and for us to combat and question and break through that fear is more difficult it takes more intention it takes more questioning it takes more asking okay why am I really afraid of being the only sober person in my office why am I really afraid of being the only one not drinking at this wedding and understanding that actually that fear is not really real anymore and you're not going to get thrown out of the tribe and you're not gonna get ostracized. And in fact, your friendships will deepen if you give them time. And so that's this level of society. And you can just think of other you know, society-based beliefs that really you won't have friendships, you might be lonely, stuff like that. And, and that's much harder to deal with. But then our friend James, he goes all the way to the pit, and the pit is in the middle. And the pit is these beliefs about self. And so even if we can overcome the beliefs about substance, and even if we can overcome the beliefs about society, if we are drinking because we believe ourselves to be somehow deficient, that is the most difficult type of drinking to overcome because we have to do the work on those self-related beliefs. Now, this is really interesting, and I'm going to explain to you why. The work on those self-related beliefs is impossible to do while you're drinking because you are numbing the very thing you need to heal. It is impossible to work on the deepest level of what's keeping you stuck drinking while you're drinking. And in this case, this is where you need to get help and support and accountability and people around you, whether it's in this Naked Mind community, whether it's going to meetings, whatever it is in order to help you not drink while you deal with the difficulty of working on those self-related beliefs. Now let me tell you what a few of these self-related beliefs might think like, be like, sound like. One of mine was, I'm just not strong enough To be a mom to these two kids unless i have a few glasses of wine i'm just not strong enough i'm just not attractive enough to attract somebody unless i can drink enough to get that thought out of my head and then go and throw myself at whatever man is around these self-related beliefs they sound like i'm not good enough i'm not going to be loved i'm not going to be respected i'm not enough and at our core when we feel like that when we feel that deep sense of need and longing that by the way all human beings feel it's the thing that connects us that nobody talks about and when we start to talk about it it is amazing because it breaks down these incredible barriers and we see that we are truly not alone but these i'm not enough feelings they invite this feeling of shame because we think we're the only ones that aren't enough. Well, guess what? That is the oldest lie there is in the book since the very beginning of time, since the very beginning of humanity. We have been lied to that we're not enough when each one of us is completely and totally enough. And we just have to come to that realization. But we can't come to that realization. We can't work on these beliefs about ourselves when we're just numbing them with alcohol because we have to push through them. We can't. Just expect that they're going to disappear we have to become aware of what they are and we have to question them and push through them and so when you're drinking and you just can't understand why you're not drinking like why Annie I know everything I get it but then I go and it's my sister's wedding and I I just have a drink anyway and then all of a sudden I'm right back where you were well what else was going on at your sister's wedding what else was happening that made you feel less than What beliefs did you hold? What things from your past, what was going on that made you feel such an intense feeling of not enough that you had to numb it with alcohol? Because if we've been numbing those feelings with alcohol, especially if we've been doing it since a very big young age, we will just continue to numb those feelings with alcohol. It is our go-to thing and we won't even be aware that we're drinking. For reasons that don't have anything to do with the substance and don't have anything to do with the society, but reasons that have everything to do with how we perceive ourselves. And so if you're in the position today where you're like, I just, I just know it all, but I just can't get it. I just can't get it. Next time you are triggered, really ask the question before you have the drink, what else is going on here? Where don't I feel comfortable with who I am? Where don't I fully accept who I am? What do I believe about who I am that is causing me pain in this moment? And when you can start to do that work on yourself, and by the way, again, community, people alongside you, positive peer pressure, people you're going to work with, you know, a therapist who's really skilled, things like that. These are key for this. If you're drinking for these reasons of self, Because if you're drinking for reasons of self, it doesn't matter how much you know about the substance not being good for you. It doesn't matter how much you know and how ready you are to take a stand in society of being one of the brave minority that's going to change our incredibly massive problem with alcohol in our society. If you're drinking for reasons for yourself, it will always trip you up because you won't even realize that is why you're pouring that drink. You'll think it's just to fit in. You'll think it's just because you're stressed, but you're really pouring it because at some deep level, you don't feel like you're enough. And so I wanted to share with you these three S's, this substance, society, self, as a way to really start to evaluate where you're stuck and hopefully break through. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.